0: Welcome in, hockey fans, in the desert southwest. It is another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. I'm Scott Strandy, live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and my co-host, Stephen Marsh, has joined me up in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's been a very, very eventful week. Uh, Stephen, you and I should have been... Well, first of all, welcome in. How are you?
1: Doing good. Getting to spend a lot of time at home these days, so I don't know if that's good or bad, but um getting some kind of get some cleaning done around around the apartment here and enjoying some time at home because uh las vegas is practically shut down for the next 30 days crazy isn't it i mean you know last week at this time everything
0: had broken loose and we didn't know where we stood with uh with hockey and life and sports and all of that stuff we were making plans to uh to meet up in frisco texas and Tonight we would be doing this show from the uh, site of the ACHA national tournament, and uh, expecting to watch history in the making as three of our teams had qualified, and and now our whole worlds have been turned upside down, and hockey included.
1: Yes, yeah, the whole the whole sports world, in fact. But yes, it's certainly the the hockey world and the um, as we said the the ACHA tournament, uh, of course, canceled along with every other. Big event uh, within the sports world uh, as the uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, continues to uh, uh, spread around and trying to curb that spread by making all these measures that we're seeing with different states. And, and here in Nevada, the, the governor, uh, Steve Sisolak, yesterday ordering all non-essential businesses to close for 30 days, including the casinos, which is unheard of here for, for Nevada. So um, <laughs> it's, it's certainly uh, it's, it's telling everybody to stay home and try and, and, and avoid having a chance to spread the virus. So, but yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been interesting Yeah, we were supposed to be in Texas, uh, today and, and talking about the tournament, but instead we're at home here talking about the end of the, uh, the hockey season, at least for the club, ho- for the club hockey level.
0: You know, uh, last night when I did our college hockey Southwest weekly program, my co-host Paul Hornstein and myself, uh, we talked just a little bit about the shock of everything, right? I mean, uh, when you're a senior and you've worked so hard to get to where you're at, or you're a coach that's seeing your best um, season, maybe in in your history and you're preparing to fight for a national championship. And then all of a sudden, and I mean, suddenly, everything comes to a screeching halt. I just wonder if it took maybe a week or so to finally have reality sink in. I, I looked at tweets and emails yesterday and I saw guys that are, you know, in universities that are starting to thank their players and, and, and you know, it appears to me anyway that we went through about a week of shock, and now reality has set in. What what's your thoughts on that, Stephen?
1: Absolutely, and and actually, uh, it's it's spring break here for, for UNLV, I believe. And actually, um, it just continues to uh, change because uh, we we knew that the campus. And along with other campuses across the country, we're going to be finishing the semesters online, their classes. But uh, UNLV announced uh, yesterday that they, everybody that has an on-campus uh, dorm has to be out by the 21st. There'll be some arrangements for those at home a place to go. So some people that weren't expecting to go home so soon are now having to make arrangements to get back home. How does that impact? Well, UNLV, I was talking with head coach Vigneri Green a little bit by text today. They were planning after spring break to do their exit interviews with the players. Well, now they're going to have to get creative because some are going to be going back home early, and so he'll have to do those probably electronically with some of the players. And and they were able to get together after all the things settled down and kind of have a final meeting with them and a a lunch together and just share about how proud he was of the team, and it was unfortunate the season had to end this way. But uh, now is. You know, typically, if coach will, will meet with each player individually, but now some of the players here that were living on campus now that will not be forced to move go back home uh, real soon here uh, by the end of this week. It's uh, or next week. It's going to be uh, it's going to be different. So they have to adjust. Or they have to continue to adjust their end of season plans, and then you know try to make plans for next season as well. So it just continues to change even uh, even daily to this point.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's unprecedented. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we're fortunate tonight to, uh, have head coach from the university of Arizona join us for the second time already on our, uh, on our young podcast. But, um, uh, I thought it was good to bring on coach Berman for a couple of reasons. Number one, he, his team had accomplished something in the, uh, the desert Southwest that nobody else had, uh, you know, since ASU and, uh, and Greg Powers did uh, five, six years ago, uh, in getting their team that high in the rankings. So I thought it was good to bring him in. He also has uh, his goaltender, Anthony Churro, as the MVP of the WCHL, which is a, a great honor. He's got an all of, a couple of All-Americans. Uh, it says a lot for the program that Coach Berman's put together, and I thought, you know what? He told me this summer, as I've mentioned before in the program, Stephen, that he dealt with some uh, some health issues, and he said, he was choosing to look at his recovery from the health issues as when adversity strikes, um, turned it into opportunity. And that's how I chose to look at this for us. I said, uh, you know, we can curl up in a little ball and feel sorry for ourselves, or we can continue to go forward and do what we can. I thought maybe we'd have a opportunity to get more people on because if you're combined at home, I mean, maybe you can just hop on the <laughs> podcast with us, but, sure. uh, Coach Berman uh, was gracious enough to come on, and and I told him I really want to talk for a little bit and, and make it kind of therapeutic for everybody to know that, you know, this isn't the end of hockey, this isn't the end of the ACHA or the NHL or the NCAA. This is basically a pause, and I thought, and I think I've told you this personally as well, is that, um, you know, the NHL did it right in my book. They they tried not to cause a panic. They said we're going to pause the season. Uh, they haven't. Shut down anything. They haven't said there's no playoffs. They haven't said there's no Stanley Cup champion this year. No, they're talking. They're, <laughs> talk,
1: they're talking about going playing the Stanley Cup playoffs into the finals into August or September. Yeah. Even. So they they they're committed to finishing the season whenever that may be. Right, and I, and I understand at
0: the college level you couldn't do that. Right. But, uh, I also thought that maybe, and and I guess the ACHA didn't have a choice, but maybe the thing to do would have said we're going to pause not cancel immediately, but, you know, I mean, with, with such a short notice before this tournament, I understand it. But I just think that, that, that the word cancellation is such a final thing, right? Right. It means it's over. A pause yeah. means we're taking a break. And uh, I, I commend the NHL for doing that. Um, You know, like I said, I understand the situation from other leagues, so I'm certainly not beating down on them. But just your right. thoughts on, on the pause of things and, and, and just –
1: how how it's affecting everybody because it's so strange. Uh, it is. Uh, yes, there's a big difference between a, certainly a pause, a suspension, then a cancellation. Uh, you, you may look at it, especially with like, we go back to the basketball scene and we look at March Madness, they canceled that. You know, you thought, well, maybe they could postpone it, but this thing was just so unknown and we keep, and now we keep getting updates that, you know, 30 days or so. So it, it, it would be, it wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to start up right away. It's just, it's tough at the college level, I think, to kind of have a pause and to continue. And then, you know, what, especially with what the the uh, what the universities deal with. But the ACHA, it just wouldn't have made sense to even try to play it a couple months down the road. Um, so you had to kind of, you know, the, the windows are so small there. So uh, it made sense. You even had uh, a couple of the leagues, like the the ECHL, which is the double-A level for the NHL, they just decided they were going to cancel their season. It just didn't seem like financially it would make sense I guess to continue or it would be just that there was too much uncertainty the AHL has still paused but they're looking to continue at some point of course the NHL has has only paused and they're committed to finishing the season so Uh, but it is tough I mean you you I I went to practice uh, I guess was last week before all this really started to snowball and then the week before you know UNLV was preparing and and I had talked to some players I had some uh, sounds I was getting ready to put up on the social media for the team and, and uh, obviously didn't share that because Thursday morning after all this stuff with the NBA and then the NHL, did, I'm like, well, this is not looking good. So I waited and then got the word that it was going to be canceled. So uh, it is tough and, and I'm sure they're disappointed, but um, it's certainly, um, you know, it's, it's, I think everybody understands. Uh, that it was probably it was the right decision obviously player safety is concerned now we have a, a positive test for the coronavirus in the NHL now so there's you know so one one player there's tested positive now so um, hopefully it's one and hopefully these measures that were made uh, prevented uh, preventing us a, a really big amount of players testing positive and having the chance to to spread the virus to other people um, because that's that's really the the key is trying to curve the, sp- uh, the spread of this this virus that can really do a lot of damage uh, supposedly to older people and and others and so if we can keep keep all these factors and and stuff but uh yeah it's it's sad but um i i think everybody understands and and it knows it's the right decision but certainly it's disappointed that that you know everything first especially for arizona they they had a a great season and fought a lot of adversity and this is just kind of another adversity unfortunately it's an adversity that's going to end their season but you know especially for all their seniors, a lot of them that they had that are not going to be able to compete there. Um, UNLV, you know, they rebounded well, had a great second half of the season, and uh, was really optimistic and was fired up to go into the tournament. And then ASU, who rebounded after a season ago and was, you know, in the in the tournament and was looking forward to to trying to prove themselves a little bit and, and, and get a ch- get a crack at that, and obviously now they don't, they're gonna have to win. Who knows? It's never a guarantee you're gonna get in the tournament. Um, I mean, Arizona sets them up pretty well that they're gonna be there, probably mostly, you know, for for a lot of years. And UNLV you know, certainly set them up to little be of success. Arizona State, you know, they kind of had to fight their way in. But you know, it's never a guarantee you're gonna you're gonna get in in any sport, whether it be in the March Madness, which you know didn't happen, or this tournament, or whatever. So, and, and in college, your time, your window is so small that you know you don't have that many years so it's it's unfortunate but it's it's you just have to kind of you just have to kind of learn from it I guess and just appreciate what you did were able to accomplish at least during the regular season and and be uh and be happy about that
0: absolutely well I think we've got uh, coach Berman with us so we'll welcome in coach Chad Berman of the University of Arizona Wildcats and coach first of all how are you doing? Uh, I wish
2: I was on a bus. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: Stephen and I were just talking about that. We had anticipated doing this show from uh, Frisco, Texas tonight and not from our, uh, our quarantine homes in Las Vegas and in uh, Scottsdale. But, um, you know, it, it's such a strange thing. And, and I hope you don't mind me using this, Coach, but I, I've relayed something that you relayed to me all season long. When you were dealing with your uh, health issues this summer and you told me that you you tended to look at adversity as opportunity. Well, you know, certainly this is the biggest adversity any of us have faced in in hockey, I'm guessing, but I've been throwing that out there because I said us as a company, which is just a small part of everything, but we chose to look at this as an opportunity and not adversity. I, I feel terrible for you. I feel terrible for your players, especially your seniors, all the hard work that you've done and for all the other teams and seniors. But it is what it is, I guess, if you can say that, and and we all are forced to move on. But how's the University of Arizona? First of all, Chad, tell me how your team is doing. Everybody healthy?
2: Um, I mean, we we from the vi- been... from the virus. From oh the virus. yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. As far as I know, um, everybody is symptom free. Um, and so 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 far so good in that regard. And hopefully, you know, things remain. And hopefully, our guys are smart enough to stay out of crowds and all that stuff. But um, it was tough, man. It's uh, you know, it's it's nothing new. I'm gonna tell you, it's it was emotional. Um, I think my guys are getting used to me crying in front of the group, but I just felt devastated for my group and um, especially my seniors, especially this group of seniors. You know, like um, this is the core turnaround group here, um, and I kept telling this group, if you guys just buy in and just and make some small sacrifices, you're gonna be in a position to win a national championship here. And I think that's what made it so hard is they did everything I asked. They, um, we've done nothing but fight adversity this season. And, and every single time this group responded, um, I really couldn't have asked for anything more out of this group. Um, and then, you know, just something that's beyond our control, you know, wipes it out. And, you know, let's be honest. It, it's hard to be a victim in a situation like this when it, when it affects everybody. I'm talking every team in the ACHA has got seniors that it didn't get to finish this year. Um, every sport, you know, it's just, uh, it's, kind of, uh, just something we all got to deal with. Um, but I think you hit it on the head and the point I would want to make is where's the opportunity in this adversity. And I see a ton of opportunity in this, not only, um, for my hockey program, uh, my guys moving forward, um, but, but our country and the world, I mean, I just, I'm, I, I think I speak for the masses here when I say I'm tired of the, the bickering of politicians back and forth, I want conversations for solutions, um, not for people to get you know, reelected or, or create a narrative that best suits their needs. I think that's gotten tiresome. Um, and this has forced us all to deal with something in common and, um, and we've all had to kind of come to an agreement of staying away from crowds and staying home. And um, there's some hopefully some positive and seeds that we can plant here moving forward that we're all in this together.
0: Well, you know, uh, Coach, uh, it was about a month ago, you guys were up in Vegas, and, and Stephen's up there, and I'm sure he can give us firsthand what, what he's experienced with all the lights of the strip being shut down, but Stephen, uh, wh- why don't you just give us your insight?
1: Uh, sure, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, Las Vegas is certainly a city that never seems to, to sleep, and, and obviously, for the next uh, month, all the casinos and everything that's non-essential is, uh, is shut down, so... Um, I mean, it's just uh, really a lot of uh, economic impact, but obviously showing how important it is to try to stop this, uh, stop the spread from really peaking and and uh, and preventing opportunity to 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 come uh, to come here and even just to to be a part of part of Vegas for just a little while. Yeah, it's got to be particularly part strange there. Cocktail? Yeah, it is, and you go down the Strip, and the Strip is a ghost town down downtown's a ghost town it's you 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 never you you never see that and it's just so it's so surreal to 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 see that on the news and and just and just to see all the casinos having to board up with signs saying you know we'll welcome you back when when we can and it's uh it's something you you would never imagine seeing that here in las vegas yeah that's crazy man that's just nuts
0: so so coach you know steven and i were also talking as we opened the show tonight was you know one of the things that i think hit people the hardest was this the suddenness of it all, Um, you know, I looked at, you know, from the NCAA level and I looked at it from the professional level and I said, you know, the NHL, I thought handled it very well by saying, nobody panic. We're going to go into a pause. And I understand that the ACHA had no choice because of the close proximity to the date of the tournament. And the NCAA had just sheer numbers that they had to deal with. But do you think that the, the suddenness is what hit us even harder right away than, a two-part question do you think that suddenness made the pain a little more difficult to to deal with and secondly is has it taken you like a week now to kind of just have reality sink in that this isn't really going to happen
2: yeah i mean a little bit i think that's a mixed bag on that i mean it certainly was sudden in the fact that um you know within a few days or a week of that of that happening i certainly didn't see this happening but it seemed like you know, as each day went on, this thing accelerated, and it got to a point where it just felt like there were too many variables fighting against the tournament happening, that, that it was frank, quite frankly inevitable. Um, whether it be, you know, j- just one team posting that, that, that their university is not going to allow them go, um, or, or, you know, the NCAA shutting down, whatever it might have been, it just kept building such a momentum um, that it was inevitable. And, any, you know, any time you're dealing with a liability – you're always up against somebody who's got to make a decision to, into which they can't afford to be wrong. And so anytime it's liability-based, you know, you start holding your breath. And so I felt like day after day kept going, and I, I'd I say the percentage just kept dropping on the tournament happening. Um, and then officially I saw the USA Hockey tweet, and I got Koos texting me, does that involve us? Um, and so I immediately sent a text to Chris Perry, and I just said, mayday, question mark, and I got a mayday <laughs> right back. And so um yeah it was tough I I knew I had to the players weren't going to find out till the next morning and um I had to figure out a way to to tell them and um ironically I I had some uh doctor stuff I had to do but I and I couldn't get there in time so unfortunately they they found out over social media and just uh your heart goes out to the guys.
0: So let me ask you that if you don't mind you've been really open with me since the day I met you and uh how does a coach go about that? I mean, uh, what was that first meeting like? You told me there were some tears shed, but uh, how, how do you approach that? And
2: what, what goes through your head as a coach of these guys? Well, I think, you know, like, I think when you coach, you, you care more about others than yourself. And so, especially with this group, you know, we've gone through a lot over these four years with this group of seniors to get to this point. Um, you know, I don't know that there's there's obviously not a playbook for this kind of a situation. Um so I you know my objective going into that meeting was um don't cry and I think I made it three seconds. Um (laughs) you know, I what I all I wanted my group to know was it's not fair. Um there's nothing we can do about it. It's not fair. It's not fair to them and all that they put in. Um even regardless of the fact that it's the right thing to do. Um all I wanted them to know was that we appreciated the work and commitment they put into our program um and that they deserve to leave better. Uh, but that you know this program was going to do what we've been saying we were going to do we're going to win a national championship someday uh, and when we do they're going to have their fingerprints all over it so I, I wanted that group to understand the movement that they created um, I wanted the, the next wave to understand that the baton's been passed down to, and to learn from those leaders and, and apply those things moving forward um, but I also wanted to know what, that when our group of 20 29 30 guys lifts that cup that they're going to be there lifting it whether they're there in person or not, um, I really believe this is a cultural evolving thing, uh, and they were the ones that really pushed the rock to the top, and, and we're just trying to push it over the top at this point. Um, but I also wanted to hit on, you know, I had some great, I mean, the best group of leaders I've ever had, and it was really, really important to me that they understood that the the work that they put in in uh, being leaders of this team, um, that's going to pay off down the road, because those guys are going to learn from it, and that's, that's all part of this process. So. I wanted them to to feel some closure on the season i wanted them to feel like you know what they did mattered it wasn't for nothing uh, and i wanted them to know how proud i was and, and how much i i hurt for them um, there's an old saying that, uh for, for coaches to players that players don't care what you know until they know that you care and i just wanted my group to know i cared i couldn't i couldn't change it uh i couldn't make it better but but that i cared and i felt for them um, and that we would handle this the best we could. And we touched on what we had touched on all year, like you said. Um, find the opportunity and the adversity, and, and that's really what we're trying to continue to do.
0: Steven, you got something for Coach?
1: Uh, sh- sure. So uh, I want to – let's turn the focus a little bit to um, to something a little bit more ha- happy, uh, I guess. Um, uh, you, the, uh, the WCHL came out with uh, – the awards and uh your, your captain anthony cusinelli was uh named to the first team uh, all conference and uh your goaltender anthony shiro was uh named as mvp um and also to first conf- team all conference so just maybe touch on on how proud you are of those guys particularly and and, and the recognition that they they both uh, got for your guys' team this, this this year for the conference
2: for sure um and i, I guess we want to make sure we're not leaving anyone else so oh Matthew. Yeah, sure Matthew Hall was also elected first team all-conference. Bailey Bailey Marshall was second team all-conference. You know, like, boy, when I first took this job, I remember looking at that kind of stuff and being like, we just want to get on there. And, you know, I think this is two years in a row now where we've, um, geez, for lack of a better term, we've dominated those those nominations there and and had a lot of guys on there. And that says a lot about what we're building here and and, uh, what we're doing. Um, I, you know, I don't know if people realize this, we've won the MVP now three years in in a row with three different players. It started with Cusinelli, then it went to Bailey Marshall, and then it went to Anthony Churro. So, I mean, that just, that says everything about my team. Um, and beyond that, I think as a coach, you know, what a lot of coaches who don't know what it's like on the outside, um, don't understand is, when you have a team that's really talented, and obviously when you've got three MVPs that are different guys three years in a row, the hardest thing to do is to manage those teams because you've got a lot of players who all want to be the guy, all want the top playing time. And so when you've got three different guys in a row stepping up, um, it shows how selfless my group is and that we all bought into what the greater good of what the group wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, I'm just really, I think first and foremost, when I, when we built this team and Scott, you remember, I remember sitting here at the rec center in my very first interview <laughs> with you. Um, and I that's do. what I told you was that if we it were going to build this thing, it was going to be built through good people. And that's how you start this process. And so I think what we're seeing are the fruits of that labor and, um, and investing into those to that process as dark as those days were to have to take a couple steps backwards to go forward um I think you're able to look back now and say, you know, this was worth it, and that's what that's what matters to me. And um, I think when you win a, a conference championship, you've got a really good team, and I think when you win back to back, you've got a really good program. So it really it makes me proud of, of what we provide here for these kids.
0: Well, the success of your team, particularly this year, Chad, is uh, it, is really something when you just look at it. And I think you have to take a step back and just look at the overall picture. But Tell everybody out there what your team accomplishes here because every time I look at it, I'm just going, like, Holy cow, how did you do that when you started with 33 players and we're down to what, 19 at the end of the year? Yeah. But just tell, you know, and, and I don't want you to to, to be the boasting guy here, but I know you and I know you well enough to know that you can tell us what's happened. So tell us what's happened with your program.
2: Yeah, I think in the season, it's hard to see the forest and the trees, right? And so in the season, yeah. you, you don't get a second to kind of look up and say this is what we did and we're doing because um, as cliche as it sounds you really only care about your next opponent and you're just as soon as the last victory happens big or small you're you're like okay how do we win the next one and so um, you know definitely over this last week when you're sitting at home and you don't have much to do you're able to kind of decompress and look at the season and um, you know what impresses me the most about this group uh, again, from the outside, every probably everything probably looks like smooth sailing. Um, but from a hockey standpoint, I've never had a more adverse season um, of just constant obstacles. Um, and and that's why I keep going back to every time this group was challenged, they they got back on their feet and responded. Um, and for me personally, I just it just between the team having issues, and by issues I mean just things that came up that you can't prepare for. Um, and and myself personally, I mean, this time last year I was in a hospital, um, struggling, you know, and you know about that, Scott. And um, ironically, that's now compromised my immune system, so I really need to hunker down at home. Uh, but it right. just seemed like like that's how the season started, and it just never it never changed. Whether it be Tim passing away, we didn't have ice the first month of the season, um, you know. Then Tim passes away, and then we come back. Um, You know, my entire third line basically got injured with Larson and Plumoff, et cetera, and and Keelan Olnick, a top-four defenseman. Um, They were out for the year before we hit Christmas break. Then we come off Christmas break. Again, it's hard to manage a really good team, and and you got a few guys who think they should be on every power play situation, and they're not, so they quit. Um, You know, and it just kept coming in waves. Um, But my group kept responding. I mean, I always use the analogy to my team. I should say what I did use to the analogy uh, of my team, when we got swept by ASU at home, that hurt about as much as anything can hurt for us. Um, and maybe it wasn't the worst thing for us to be humbled a little. Um, but what I touched on was the the strongest trees don't grow in the um, in the best soil, they grow in the strongest winds. And so what we talked about immediately after that game, it was probably a half hour meeting was, we maybe need to go through these things um, to be tough and to be weathered, so that come March um, we'll be prepared that, for that opportunity. And I and I truly, truly believe that that's where we were. I think we were playing our best hockey at this time of year. Um, I think we were battle tested. I think we had the talent um, of a couple playmakers that who can who can make a game, you know, that that one goal happen. And I think we had the goaltending. Um, you know, to steal a game, I really believed in my heart that this team was going to the Final Four. And that was our preseason goal. And I really believe we were going to do that as we were heading into this tournament. Um, and from there, you know, anything can happen. Uh, so I feel bad my guys didn't get to get that opportunity. Um, but I do think that this will rub off in the next group. And um, I certainly intend to be a group that's knocking on the door every year. And I, And I really believe if you're going to win a national championship, which is our objective here, it's not get there and find a way to win it. You really got to be knocking on the door consistently. Uh, if you look at the Minot States, the Iowa States, the Lindenwoods, those teams are on the, in the final four consistently um, knocking away because it takes a lot. You need some breaks. You need to be healthy. Um, you know, it, it, it just, it's, it's a tough grind. You got to have more than one or two cracks at it. And so hopefully we're in a program is in a position now where we're at that point. And um, I think we'll rebound and uh, fill the holes we need to. And, Hopefully, uh, make this senior class proud so they know what they did
1: matters. All right, and Coach and Berman. Um, now the work for you will continue. Now as the uh, you go through these these next few months in the summer. And um, so, what is um, what is your role for you? What does your next few months look like? As you try to, you know, uh, prepare for next season and try to and improve upon or even duplicate what you did this year. Yeah, we
2: definitely uh, we we've got a little chip on our shoulder. We feel like uh, many people probably believe we've plateaued as a program, and that's as good as it gets. And so, um, I'm I'm always looking for petty things to motivate me, even if that's uh, something I've made up in my own head. Um, you know, <laughs> my objective is we're taking another step next season. So um, obviously, the it starts with your core. The guys returning, and we and I love my core. Uh, I think we've got a really good young group. Um, of all those names that you rattle off, we're coming back again with Cusinelli, I, in my opinion, one of the best pure snipers in, in the ACHA. Um, Matthew Hall's only a sophomore. He got that first team nomination. I got two excellent goaltenders in Churro and Biv. Uh, Jesse Lowell's a freshman that you know that really excites me moving forward. Johansson, another kid who came in midway. Um, I thought Hedge stepped up. Timor's a really solid piece for us moving forward. And I think, you know, basically, what am I doing now? I'm recruiting to make sure that we get the right pieces to help add to the puzzle here to to move forward. And I think we've already started that process. If you see the impact that Greg Malafronte and uh, Josh Lesby made uh, by coming at Christmas break, we've already those are going to be two pieces next year. So we have started that process um, and certainly we've got more work to do and. Um, you know, we've got two commits so far and I've got more to go and a lot of really good players interested, but, uh, we want to make sure we're getting the right kids in here who are committed to our process. And so, you know, right now I'm really, um, full gear trying to, uh, do the, uh, do as much as I can to recruit and get the right kids. Eventually we'll start looking at promotional schedules and all the not so fun stuff that you got to prepare for, uh, you know, with running a hockey program and we'll start landscaping our, uh, our objectives for next season on and off the ice and um, and then you know the guys coming back they need to get stronger they need to get better I think you're every year that's how it should be the, the returning core are the people you need to improve the most um, so it starts with the guys that we've got coming back
1: and we like what we've got coming back um, and that's my job to add the right pieces around that and, and let me uh, let me ask you about this too uh, one last question for me is uh, you know next season UNLV and Grand Canyon are going to be joining you guys in the WCHL, and so what is? I think we t- we talked about this briefly before, but just you know having them come join the conference and what that means for the strength of the conference and and what you know how that will work out in 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 regards to your guys' next season and going forward, having those teams officially join the uh, the conference.
2: Yeah, I think it's great. It's great for all of our budgets and travel. It's great for local rivalries. Um, I think that's going to be the start of something really cool. Um, um, you know, Grand Canyon's always tough for us to battle with, uh, and UNLV, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if we can ask for better games than when you, and then us and UNLV get together. Um, they're, they're not that different from ASU and us, honestly, in mm-hmm. regard to just, it's just really fast-paced, physical, yeah. high-end hockey. Um, you know, every single time we play that, that game, it seems like it's a one-goal nail-biter at the end. Um, it's just a lot of fun to play those games, and so I think that's great the ACHA for the billings for the rivalries and, and certainly for our conference moving forward. And, and I think it's also great for the growth of hockey out here.
0: Okay, coach, final question for me. And I'll let you go is, uh, you know, we talked about the hockey part of it. We talked about the emotional part of it, but <clears throat> obviously in the ACHA, especially, uh, and I'm not unlike the rest of the world, this is going to be an ongoing financial burden placed on a lot of people how how much are you concerned about the financial burden of this, or, or are you really at this point? On who or on what? On your program and on the ACHA and, and everything in general.
2: I think um, my concern really in that regard was more for the people out there, like you know the waiters, the waitresses, the bartenders. Um, you know, there, there's just no solution for those people right now. Um, They're going to have to get creative and and so my concern is for those kinds of people um, You know, I feel fortunate that I'm able to still get paid through this and um, I'm at home and I've got great health care and you know, my kids are healthy and um, My concern, you know really in observing all this is just the little people along the way And I think the opportunity and as you you really hear people more than ever before talking about that and being aware of that and trying to find solutions and how to help those people and there's just I think if people could just pause a second and take a look, there's, a, there's an awful lot of silver lining of something beautiful brewing here that just frankly hasn't been around in way too long. Um, and there's just a sense of compassion, of unity that hasn't been around. And so that's something I'm observing uh, and I'm definitely worried about. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, obviously the quicker we can get through this, the better. But those are the people that concern me the most. Uh, as far as the league, I, the program will, will be fine. Uh, the league will be fine. This is something we'll I think we'll all bounce back from. Um, it's just going to be, you know, those people I just referred to that concern me the most personally.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I mentioned at the beginning of our show again, is that, uh, and I mentioned on social media is that our corporate partners, I always shout out to them because they're stepping up. And, and one of them that jumps out to me right away is Jesse Ray's barbecue up in, uh, in Vegas is, is staying open for delivery and and pick up service and, you know, trying to help out and prepackaging meals and things like that. And, you know, that, that's the kind of people that we try to bring in as corporate partners, and I know you work with them down in Tucson as well. So shout out to all those guys that uh, that hang with us uh, in these tough times. And, Coach, especially to you, thanks a lot for sharing uh, your story. I appreciate everything that you mean to me personally. Uh, you know how much I feel uh, for you and for your team and, and for hockey in the desert southwest. It'll always go down to me, Coach, as a, a magical, memorable record Breaking season to see three teams from the desert southwest qualify for a national tournament and and you were the top of the chart so thanks a lot for joining us tonight
2: well thank you thanks for promoting the ACHA and these kids who who put in so much work and uh always obviously always a pleasure to talk hockey with you and um you know regarding the three I don't see that changing I really feel like us UNLV and ASU are going to be mainstays and Um, Boy, making the tournament's not as easy as it used to be, so even though ASU had to kind of squeak its way in there at the end, I mean, there was a lot of teams, them and Iowa State, like, uh, Mm -hmm. the depth of the ACHA is really impressive, so um, you know, it's just, it's exciting to see the growth the development um, in the competition, and uh, and it's good to see it all out in this area, and so I'm I'm sure that's going to continue. It's a rat race now, because everybody's now resetting, and uh, I'm sure ASU's recruiting, and you know if he's recruiting, and I'm recruiting, and Um, Let's see where the chips fall next year, and let's go to battle again. should be fun. All
0: right, Coach, thanks again for joining us. Uh, Best wishes to you, your family, and your teammates, and uh, we'll stay in touch.
2: Likewise. Stay healthy, guys. Thanks. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break. Steven and I will come back and do a little wrap-up right after this in about two minutes.
3: smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila... Then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether celebrating an overtime game winner or relaxing by the. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011.
0: Well, Stephen Marsh, you had a chance to uh, listen in to, uh, to Coach Berman and uh, all the different things that he had to say. Um, I'm sure there's a lot on your mind, and I'm sure uh, yeah, there's a lot. I know there's a lot on my mind, as always, but it, l- before we jump into more hockey, Stephen, let's talk about our sponsors. As I, as I mentioned to you, you know, Jesse Rays is jumping up and helping out your community up in Las Vegas. Uh, I know Roger Klein's down here uh, is helping out. I know our two, uh, well, one Renew and one new sponsor came on board over the last week. Is Our Renew is M Drive. They've stepped up for another year to provide uh, uh, sponsorship of our What Drives You, which uh, is a, a big thing for us. And we just added Summer Skates, a, a company out of Toronto, if you're not familiar with Summer Skates, there will be a lot more coming from them, including some giveaways of their uh, summer skate skate lace sandals, which are uh, fantastic. They got some coming for us as well. So uh, welcome to Summer Skates for jumping on board, and, and we'll be going from there. But just your thoughts, Stephen, first of all, on uh, on what Coach Berman had to say and, and the effects of
1: uh, the uh, ACHA hockey in the Desert Southwest. Uh, sure. I'll touch on that in just a second, but I'm glad you mentioned the mentioned sponsors like Jesse Ray's Barbecue and there's a lot of restaurants and businesses that are really suffering right now as they been forced to really reduce the what they can do and and what they can't do in Las Vegas certainly as we mentioned uh, the city's practically shut down the restaurants are still open but most of them can only do takeouts or or fast or delivery options so uh, and obviously finances are tight for a lot of people right now they're really suffering the workers are all uh, suffering and, and hopefully the the Government people can figure out how to help them out or, and provide them with some assistance. But um, in the meantime, if we are able to, as you know, we're going to be stuck at home and we can't really go out. If we can still go to these restaurants and get the meals and bring them home. So if we go out to places like Jesse Ray's or others and get and get food and support their business still with buying a meal from them and and bringing it to go, then. And that's uh, then that's that will go a long way to helping some of these businesses kind of st- try to stay afloat during this this difficult time. But uh, going back to what you mentioned about Chad Berman, yeah, it's um, he's he's uh, obviously was disappointed in, in that the season had to end the way it did, um, and but was was very um, you know he was very complimentary of his team obviously and his players and and um, and just saw it as another as you're right he has that kind of another opportunity mindset and and and, and they look. He looks forward to what what next season brings and and um, he really feels like he's got a, a good group and and they can continue to to the ones that will be coming back that they'll can continue to contribute and be a big part of this this uh this program for them and the culture that they're that they've established there and then you know those that he may go out and recruit this summer and and they make the uh plans and and things for next next season that they that they can even uh even improve even more. That's what you're always trying to do as a coach, trying to improve your team from year to year. And and certainly that's been Arizona's case. They've been able to see improvement. It's hard to see much improvement when you're as high <laughs> as you are and and your and your record as good as you're good. A lot of teams would would love to be where they are in position wise. But you know to 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 be a good coach. And we want to. I didn't mention in the interview, but congratulations to him too. He was named the conference uh, coach of the year. So and, and we see why he's recognized with honors like that is because. He um, and this is the Western Co- Conference uh, 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 coach of the year, and why he's recognized is that because he's able to the leadership that he provides for his players and 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 on and off the ice is uh, is certainly uh, something that deserves that recognition and uh, and certainly uh, on the right path. and And we have a lot of great coaches in this uh, in this uh, in, the, in the desert Southwest area with the uh, the coaching staff at UNLV and and what ASU is trying to to do too, and over there and. So that's... Uh, yeah, and, of that's, course, Grand Canyon. Let's not forget Grand about Kennedy. them. They're going to be in course. the conference
0: next year as well. Of
1: course. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah Grand Canyon. So, can't forget about them. They're, they're on, on kind of... You know, this was their first year in the D1 this year and had a little bit of a rough year, but you certainly see some... They had some tough games where they took every team, you know, UNLV, they took ASU a couple of times, Arizona to overtime a few times and, and was able to, you know, and unfortunately couldn't survive and, and, and win those games, but that just shows you that they be on the cusp of being right there with those other teams. So, yeah, we certainly can't forget about Grand Canyon.
0: You know, when we talk uh, club hockey and we talk about a lot of hockey, uh, you know, Ice Time Hockey Southwest covers everything from the pros on down to this club level. And when I look at all the different areas, Stephen, I, I, I just look at the big family that it is, right? I mean, the, the NHL is helping the AHL and the NCAA and the club hockey and, and the youth hockey. Uh, all the NHL programs have stepped up and it, you look at almost like family members, right? All the way through. And and even if it's something as simple as what we've seen with the golden Knights and the coyotes passing out messages from their players or, you know, doing stuff like that. I mean, that just kind of provides a, a positive, positive influence. And I don't know that you see that in other sports, just uh, your thoughts on
1: that. Uh, I think you're absolutely right there. Uh, one of the, th- the things that I've really uh, enjoyed in my time um, following this uh, this the UNLV team, and obviously now starting to kind of get touch base with some of these other teams as I've uh, joined with you and have uh, helped you out with your podcasts and your coverage on on your site is is um, is seeing that that family aspect, but specifically relating to UNLV because I'm so close with them. Um, you know, I started out just kind of following them from afar. I was helping actually Sinbin guys out. We were doing a a site, separate site to trying to cover UNLV hockey, so I started out yeah. doing that, and then got real connected with the the guys at, uh, at UNLV, and and now I've more now I work for them, doing their helping with their media content, and and and, and I and I and it's really become a real passion project. I mean, I really enjoy being around them. Um, it's they're a, a real good group. The, uh, starting to connect with the players more. That's one of my goals is trying to really, really, especially this year is really. Feeling that uh, when I was trying to do interviews with the players, they were start, they were having fun with 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 the with them, you know, jumping in, photo bombing, whatever you want to call it, and 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 you and you get that sort of um, uh, relationship. You because you, what what it is is that you're you're you have there's a lot that goes into into a club sport. You you really you know there's a lot of things you're 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 involved with all aspects of the team. Whether you're trying to promote the team, you're trying to raise money for the team, you're trying to you know get. Get the recognition that they, you know, that they do. So it's being able to, to being able to be a part of that, and and, and to be a part of the success, both off the ice with with attendance, seeing big crowds, and seeing the the recognition that they get, and just seeing uh, the players have reach certain recognitions, get have good games, and all that, and then and then seeing what they can um, achieve, and just getting getting to them. you, you really. You really get close to that, and you, and I I don't I think you're right. I think that's something uh, unique about that because you know that they don't get as much attention as maybe other sports. You know, they don't get as much recognition, and so you you get involved with them, and you and you really it becomes one of a, of a passion project for you, where you really want to promote them and try to help them. And of course, for you know, V's goal, and certainly I'm sure Arizona at some point would be a goal of theirs to get to the NCA level, and 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 then they're not going to get there without without that that help and, and and it's just it's it's become a real uh, real enjoyment uh for me these last uh couple of years but particularly this last year or so so it's uh it's yeah it's certainly certainly a lot of that you know and that's one of the things i always reflect back on and
0: i make it sound like i've been around for a million years but we've been here this is our fifth year and when i started this i looked at and i've told you this personally on and off the air but uh, it, when we looked at doing this we said why would we do it right and we created the mission statement that what we wanted to do was to help grow the game of hockey in the desert southwest and how could we do that you know is it a financial thing is it a instructional thing or whatever well all of those areas seem to be pretty well covered but one thing that i felt was not being covered or could use a little boost and hopefully that's what we're doing is providing some attention to some of the guys that deserve it and that's part of the reason why i have such a passion for club hockey is you know and i know you know this feeling as well but when you pop into a locker room with a with a camera and a microphone and and you want to talk to players they light up right for the most part because they're excited about the attention that you are giving them uh, they work hard they pay for their sport they uh they have to fundraise it's not easy but they do it because of the passion, and for somebody to walk in and and put a small spotlight—if that's what it is—on them, uh, I think that's extremely important. And I'm guessing you felt that same way up at UNLV.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when when you want to interview a player, they they're willing to to talk, and then you you share it out there, and they're retweeting that or or however they're sharing it, and uh, and people are commenting on on their posts and or on the the posts and. And I'm sure the players you know the players can see all that or you relay it to them and and it's uh it's good for them and and for some of these players that might have a desire to maybe pursue hockey outside of college, uh, getting that sort of attention and and stuff that you wouldn't get at the NCA level, you know you you certainly get some attention as well, but but you certainly wouldn't get as much attention as when you know we we cover them or or when you know when I'm there and we can get stuff for their, for the, for the team social media or for the team website or whatever. And then you know when you come and talk with players from the different teams and getting their, you know, chronicling the stories like when you did the story about Connor Hetzel early in the season with his music and everything. And and you know I know it's, especially for the parents too. That's where it really becomes a big thing. It's really the parents love to see that because for a lot of these parents they can't be around their player all season long. Uh, we have some dedicated parents that come to all the games and and follow their uh, their. Their their son around, but uh, but for for a lot of these players, they live far away, and so the only way they can see their what's going on is if the players call them. But a lot of times, they don't talk to the parents maybe as often as they would like. So then they see stuff from us or see stuff that we do for the from the team's perspective, and they can they can see that. Or when the games are streamed online and everything, um, if if you don't have that at the ACHA level, it, then it doesn't really benefit them because they don't get the maybe the attention or recognition or the opportunity to be shared with other people to be able to see and and that's a lot for a lot of these players they want to continue that pursue of the goal of goal of playing hockey beyond college then then that's um then that's a key component too that that we can provide so that's 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 another neat thing about all this too
0: you know and you led me right into what i was going to go into next was uh you know, I saw on social media, and I don't know if you've had a chance to run into him yet, but I think Cody Williams is back from uh, France or uh, wherever he was playing uh, over overseas, back in Las Vegas, or at least was trying to work his way back there uh, when all of this uh, came up. And I think his season was probably ended as well. But the, he, Cody's a great example of you know, I saw Cody uh, his very first year with the uh, the D2 program at UNLV, and and to watch him you know, grow up through the ACHA ranks, stay at home in Las Vegas, and then turn that into a professional contract at any level. I mean, that's huge. And, uh, and I'm just, you know, itching to try to get together with Cody and just feel for what that year was like. And, you know, I know the guys at UNLV looked up to him. I know that they followed his career over there and and will continue to follow him when hockey comes back.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he certainly um, was someone that uh, was a big big part of the program and really helped get it to where where it is today and and it was good to see that uh, you know he got that signed that contract last uh, summer to, to play over there and and uh, hopefully it's just the start of a, a great uh, career for him as, as he tries to push hockey and, and who knows you look at the, you look at somebody like uh, maybe uh, Jake Sachs who, who's – senior who's played his final game with UNLV now is as is is, this is his final season and maybe somebody like him or certainly um, Ideson or Miss Tristan Mayer who's graduated from, from UNLV that any of them could probably go on and play on but uh, maybe they get an opportunity and so yeah that's what that's what you're trying to reach for not every player will I mean some some will end up just going into getting studying whatever they study and they're going to go on and, and do great things in their degrees or whatever but for some that really are passionate about hockey and and if we can play a, a role in in profiling these players and and giving them an opportunity to to be seen and to be heard and and to and to practice their their skills because if you go on to play pro hockey you're going to have to talk to cameras you have to talk to media members so if they can we can be kind of a help of a practice for them and 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 help us too to practice asking questions and getting better with our craft, but better for them to, to get better with, with their craft too. And and being able to talk about their plays and talk about their, their time on the ice and, and the stuff, then that's, then that's, uh, then that's rewarding too. And on a lot of, in a lot of ways.
0: Well, and, and even off the ice, and you already mentioned a little bit about the feature I did with Connor Hetzel, but you know, he's pursuing a, a career in music and, you know, if we can provide a, a glimpse into uh, what they do off the ice, that's part of what I like to do with these players. Is We we know they're great hockey players. They wouldn't be here if they weren't. But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to pick their brains a little bit about what they like and what they enjoy off the ice and, uh, you know, what their passions are. I mean, I, I found so many players have told me so many different things about where they want to be and what they want to do in the future, and it really has nothing to do with hockey, but – they're using hockey as a way of, uh, uh, of getting through four years of college, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Okay, so we look at the future, right? We've got just a few minutes left here tonight. But uh, as we look into the future, a, a couple things that I wanted to try to accomplish through the rest of March and, and maybe through April um, is to try to get in touch with as many of these seniors and just, you know, give them some time. Like I think we've given them a week or so now and maybe two weeks or whatever, whenever they feel comfortable, but to bring them on and just, you know, for lack of a better word, honor them, give them a little respect, give them a little uh, recognition for what they did, because we would have talked to them more than likely at a national tournament, right? We would have talked about our three goal yeah. from the desert Southwest. Sure. We would have talked about our big point getter. So, so hopefully we can reach out to them and, and be able to bring them on and give them you know 15 minutes of, uh, of spotlight, if you will. So it, we ask everybody that's listening and, and following the, the, the podcast is to, to stick with us. And uh, we're going to try to bring you the best guests we can, uh, at least through the month of April. And then we'll see where things go for the summer months and then definitely be back up again in the fall when when things hopefully return to normal. It's been abnormal, as abnormal as I have ever experienced. Um, just on a, a small personal note, uh, my co-host on College Hockey Southwest Weekly was not feeling well this week and uh, actually went in and had the the COVID, COVID-19 uh, test today out in New York City, and we wish Paul the best of luck in his recovery. We don't know yet if he's tested positive or negative. I guess that's about a week away. Uh, so right now, Paul is uh, is resting. He's drinking a lot of water. He's taking his, his cold medicine and, and just trying to get through this. But shout out to to our co hosts and our family member, Paul. And Stephen, of course, to you, we, we wish you the best of luck up in Vegas because uh, not only is it an eerie sight when you see the pictures of Vegas being quiet, but, uh, you know, it's a dangerous thing because Vegas is known for for community and family and fun and events. I mean, we were looking at the N- the um, NFL having the draft there that's now been canceled. That's so. been canceled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really difficult, and I don't think people get it. I mean, I've been there a few times, obviously, and, and you live there, but it, just tell us how difficult that is as we kind of wrap things up here. How difficult is it to see Vegas not only shut down, but just the livelihood because that's what Vegas is, right?
1: Yes, it, it is, and you know it's. Vegas is one of those cities where it, where it certainly hits hard because uh, Vegas is such a touristy place, and the fact that you know people are told not to travel right now or not to go out, and, and when you go down to the the strip, it's uh, it's completely empty. Uh, the casinos are closed. All the slot machines in the state have been turned off for 30 days. That's even the ones that are in the, even the locals, casinos, even the gas stations, there's always slot machines. While the airport ones, I'm sure they're all been turned off now. And so that's, that's such a, so now even when you're sitting at the airport, people can't play the slot machines. All gaming in the state has been turned off for 30 days. So it's, it's really... It really hurts. It really hurts the casinos, although they got a lot of money. But and I like that a lot of them have stepped up to pay a lot of their employees who are the ones really affected by this. Uh, there a lot of the co- casinos have committed to pay them through, through at least the next month. So that's that's a positive. But there's a lot of people that may not have that opportunity that work for other businesses. We mentioned some people in the restaurant business, or or the the bowling alleys, or the um, movie theaters, or whatever or whatever it may be and uh it's it's tough but you know vegas it's the governor is very passionate about that he really wants to curb this but thankfully right now we've only have one death reported from from the coronavirus so that's a positive obviously one too many still but we have we've seen a lot of places that have a lot of cases new york where your where your paul Paul is and it was great to be able to do that little roundtable last week and and talk with with him as well and and um it's it's a lot of people in New York, or there has been a lot of cases in New York uh, in the last week or so, and, and hopefully his comes back negative. Hopefully his is not. Hopefully his is just a cold, but or whatever. But um, you know, it's the NHL community. We saw the first player test positive for it today, so um, it's 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 a trying time. It's it's a recession like you look it back at two thousand and eight. Uh, where Vegas was really suffering then with the so, but this is this is even another stretch because the casinos, you know, that the casinos were open, people just didn't have the money to travel. Well, this time now, people maybe have the money, but are not they're not they're not able to come here. The okay. casinos are are forced to close down for thirty days out of public public costume. We've had there was MGM employees that tested positive for it, so that they they made, they voluntarily were going to close either regardless. And then you know the governor felt passionate that he needed to make this sort of a uh, mandates, and it's uh, some say Some think it's a uh, pretty harsh. I know the mayor of Las Vegas, uh, who's a big sports person. She's she's not necessarily the thought it was a little harsh. Maybe trying to get it to be not as for 30 days. But um, I, I think in the end, if we can get through this, and I think we'll we'll get through this. I mean, it's it's we're gonna get through it. There'll be more cases, but you know, for most people, it's not gonna kill. It's not gonna kill them. But it's the older people we have to worry about, and. And uh, protect them, and but the thing is about the spread of it. It's so easy to spread it around. And if we can go through this next month or so, it's it's gonna be rough. We'll be stuck at home maybe for a lot of us. Uh, you know, only get out for certain rare things. Maybe go out and get food or get some fresh air, or go to a park or whatever. But if we stay away from contact from people, and and for this next month or so, I I think it'll go a long way to to get to really curb the peak of it. And then when we get to the downside of it. Hopefully, the federal government can can help some the people out that will really need the help. And then we get to the next half of the year when we resume. Hopefully, we can resume things in June or whenever it may be, and and we can move on and look at this as another test of our strength and and why America well, is one the great greatest country out there, and we're able to to get through anything. And and then we can get back to sports and other things that we love to do, and and, uh, and we'll be better better for it.
0: Well said, my friend. As I uh, have said many times, and I've witnessed many times with Vegas, especially from one October and beyond, uh, Las and Nevadians are uh, are resilient people. They don't take uh, take things lightly, but yet they are very resilient and they always rebound and come back. It seems better than before. So. As we close the show out tonight, I just want to shout out to our friends uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, who's provided us some great music. And, you know, I know Roger didn't write these uh, for this particular thing, but we started the show today with uh, Empty Highway, which is one of Roger's songs. And I thought that was pretty fitting with the way things have uh, have turned. We're going to end it tonight with uh, Hello New Day. I want to shout out our sponsors for sure, though. uh, Our guys up at Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Keep up the good work. Uh, our friends over at Oxy Pal, uh over at Roger Klein's uh, Mexican Moonshine, Cancion Tequila, and uh, also our friends over at M Drive, our newest friends at Super Skates, our friends at Behind the Mask for all they do for hockey in the desert southwest. Of course, the Ice Den in Scottsdale and Chandler, the uh, Oceanside Ice Arena, which is the home of the uh, Sun Devils, both junior and NCAA level, and a whole bunch of other hockey. And of course, everybody that just uh, supports us big time, and and we look forward to. We're going to continue on. We're going to get bigger. We're going to get better. Stephen Marsh, thanks for helping me out again tonight, as always. Appreciate your input, and uh, you know, let's do this again next week with uh, maybe a guest or two that that uh, are one of the seniors that weren't able to compete in their national tournament.
1: Sounds good. Look forward to it. It'll be, it's good to be able to still be able to talk hockey, even though we don't have games going on, but to still be able to. To highlight this great sport and uh, to highlight the great club hockey here in the in the south in the desert southwest area, so look forward to it, Scott. Thanks, uh, uh thanks for uh, having having us again, and uh, and uh, we'll look forward to next week's show.
0: All right, folks, that's a wrap for tonight. We'll see you next Wednesday night, seven thirty Mountain Standard Time, Arizona time, Vegas time, whatever you want to call it. Right. Let's uh, let's send you out tonight with a little hello, new day from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers.